0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: yet another edition of the Brown Bag. I'm your host, Michael T. Brown. Hey, follow us on Twitter at MTBrown98 or on our Facebook and LinkedIn page under the name Michael T. Brown. You can even catch our broadcast on demand after the show and even download us for free on iTunes. Skyrocketing tuition, competitive admissions, workforce skills gap has caused some to question the importance of college or determine whether or not it is worth the investment. Well, we plan to discuss this and much more with our very special guest today. Hey, Mike, I don't know about you, but with more and more of of Americans being shut out of the middle class, the American dream seems to be becoming less attainable. What's your take on things and how you think college might fit into that?
2: Yeah, it seemed like it seems to me like the financial institutions are going after our young people. You know, they're putting them in situations yeah. if they want to, you know, attain a degree that it's really going to cost them and it's going to put them in the bind. They're sacrificing in order to hope for that promise of the future.
1: You know, that's a great point. And I think our guest is really going to be able to illuminate a lot around those topics that you just raised and um, help those who are looking at college to be more prepared. Why
2: don't you uh, go ahead and introduce our very special guest today. Louis E. Forza II is the Executive Director of George Mason University's Early Identification Program, EIP. EIP is the university's college access program for first-generation college students. His primary responsibilities are for student success, program development, delivery, stakeholder cultivation, collaboration, partnership, and fundraising. He has served in many roles with the Early Identification Program, including the position of Tutoring Coordinator, Assistant, and Associate Director. In 2007, Lewis joined the professional school counseling staff at Osborne Park High School in Prince William County Public Schools. While he was there, he also served as Prince William County Public School County Coordinator for the Early Identification Program. He is an alumni of George Mason University, receiving his Bachelor of Arts degree in English with a minor in African American Studies. In 2005, he received his Master's degree in Counseling and Development and was recognized by the College of Education and Human Development for outstanding achievement in academic excellence. In 2012, he received a Positive Impact Award, recognizing the embodiment of his department's core values and his efforts to engage and honor the work of his staff. He loves music, sports, and maximizing time with his family.
1: Mr. Lewis Forrest, welcome to the Brown Bag, sir.
0: Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Brown. How are you? Thank you, sir, for having me on today. I appreciate it, man. This is a great opportunity.
1: Oh, man, we are super excited. We just know, you know, you're going to be able to really uh, inform our listeners today and and really be able to help a lot of people. Let's go ahead and get started. Tell us about the early identification identification program Um, how did it get started and what's the purpose of the program
0: the early identification program uh, EIP is George Mason University's college access program and we primarily focus on uh, first-generation college-bound students students who um, typically come from families um, where their parents or guardians haven't had the college experience Um, it started In 1987 with a partnership uh, with Fairfax County Public Schools and we've grown to um, seven school divisions in Northern Virginia and over uh, close to 600 students that we serve eighth through twelfth grades and so our primary goal is uh, to provide these students and their families with um, the information and and uh, tools so that they can move towards you know that goal of, of attending a high school degree and then you know, transitioning into
1: college. Yeah, break down some of the components for us. What what all goes into that college readiness piece? Uh, what does the program look like, component wise?
0: Well, for us, we, we we break it down into to two larger programs. Our first is for our, our eighth grade students, which is called the the EIP Prep, and it's it's exactly that. It's to prepare eighth grade students because, as folks know, that transition from Middle school into high school is a is a tricky one sometimes, especially for students who um, you know have some, some different life challenges um, and so during that year we really focus on uh, their, their academic skills uh, their social skills uh, giving them some development around you know time management, uh, how to properly study um, how to form groups of, of like minded people that are also wanting to go to college, and so really having them build a good foundation before they, they go to high school. Um, and once they're in high school, we add a little bit more responsibility um, to the students as far as some SAT prep, um, college essay writing, um, a math and science STEM component. We know how important that is you know, now for students right. and as we're developing um, the workforce for the future. So... Those are a lot of things that we do, and, and throughout we have a we have a family focus. The, the family piece is primarily for our, our eighth-grade students, and we bring families together and really have students focus on their leadership and their goal right now is to be students, and their job is to be students. And for parents and guardians to have some time to reflect on how we were raised, why we right. set up certain parameters for our children, and um, try to really build that communication because it's a – it's a long haul to get, you know, our students and children through middle and high school. And if we can build some community on the front end, um, I think that it serves everybody, you know, our staff and parents and everybody well, you know, as we, as we go through the process.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking about maybe one of our listeners who might not live in this area and they want to be a part of a program like this, um, but it might not be available to them. What would you say from your experience, um, that you've learned, that might help that parent who won't get into a program like this, but they want to help better prepare their student for college as well. What would you say to that person?
0: Well, that I mean, you, you bring up a good point. Um, though we have a, we cover a large geographic area with seven school divisions um, in the area, um, we have a limited amount of slots. So, like I said, right. we we have close to 600 students in the program, and so it's
1: and that, that's a
0: small are not number, for this, right? Right, right, and right. so it's a nomination process, and we we use the school counselors and and school staff to help us pick students but with with that that number, there are i would guess hundreds or thousands of students who may not have the opportunity to be in this particular program, but always tell parents that the the best resource are your school counselors and administrators in your school, um, where you can you can ask those questions what what is available to my child as far as mentoring or preparation in the sciences or the arts, or if if my child is definitely thinking about going to Mason or or some other institution, how can, or what are the resources in the school that I can tap into best help prepare them? Or what are the resources in the community? I mean, there's so many things in in the community that can help a student be prepared for college. I know academics is a lot of what people focus on, but, um, Getting into college, you know, there's a social and a civic aspect of it, too, that I, that I think is important that parents and students can also take advantage of.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Help our listeners get to know you a little bit better. Tell us about yourself and your personal journey that brings you to this stage in life.
0: Well, I'm a, I'm a local guy. I um, grew up in uh, Princeton County, Virginia, um, went through the Princeton County public school system, graduated from Garfield High School, and then, um, attended George Mason. Um, I wasn't the model student. Um, I didn't have the, uh, transcript where colleges were knocking down my door by any means, um, but I, I kind of found my way. Um, I actually landed at Mason because my school counselor at the time, Ms. Jones, um, kind of forced me to, to apply um, mm. to Mason. My, my parents were kind of at their wits' end about what, you know, I was going to do. I wasn't necessarily applying myself the way that I needed to, so they put a little pressure on me as well. Um, but it was it was good. It was needed at the time. And so I ended up applying to Mason. Um wasn't um, originally admitted um, until a wonderful woman, um, maybe if she's listening, she can hear my voice. Miss e- Eileen Smith gave a young brother an opportunity, um, probably that I didn't deserve at the time, to be admitted to Mason. Um, but I think that was that was what I needed at the time. And so she conditionally admitted me, and I, I found my way. And so it's um, that's really to say that, you know, for students who are kind of on the fringes and, and maybe they don't have a 4.0 GPA that there's still hope, you know, that things can work out, but you just have to, you know, be persistent and, and you know, hopefully you run into some really uh, kind people who see the potential in you and, and give you an opportunity. And yeah, so, it
1: sounds like, I, you know, that desire, you know, I mean we definitely want to have students prepared, but it sounds like, you know, having that desire and that passion to want to be successful. And, and, and Louis, you, you jump in on this, but, I run into a lot of young people that might not have dotted all their eyes and crossed all their t's, but uh if they're hungry, if they're desirous to be successful um and if they're willing to put in the work, even if they haven't always made the mark, you know people can notice that and they'll identify that in you and sometimes give you a shot that you might not deserve
0: true but it but it's um you know you know Mike it's also. At, at what point does a person figure out that, you know, they they are hungry and, and what they can really work towards. I wasn't necessarily um at that point hungry, you know what I mean? I right. I just knew I needed I just needed a, a second chance, you know, and so mm. um once I got in the door, you know, I I wish I could say I took full advantage of it, but it took me a while to to get it and to see the opportunity that I had um, in front of me as far as being in college and being at a um, an institution that, you know, I could learn and grow in. So it took it took me a while, you know, to get that. So the earlier that, you know, young men and women can really figure out, you know, that there's plenty of folks that will help them and there's plenty of support around them and to take advantage of all that, the earlier the better. Um, I always tell students. Yeah. Be like me in the sense that I made it and I'm in a good position now, but be unlike me, you know, early on where it just took me so long to realize, you know, what was surrounding me.
1: Yeah, that's a key point because you can have the desire and have the passion, but if you haven't even put yourself in a reasonable position, it's kind of like, you know, a person who might want to help you say, you know, you got to give me something to work with here. You know Exactly. And uh exactly. I know you know, I, I know I've experienced that where, you know, and I know you're a former school counselor and I know you'll we'll talk about that in a little bit, but it's kinda like that student who comes up to you and says, you know, how do I hurry up and pull up my GPA? And the question is right. I, I mean the answer is you don't hurry up and pull up your GPA. You know. Right. <laughs> you you right. take a while to get in the situation but you know, it's gonna take some work to get it back up. Right.
0: But and you said the you said the key word, man, is it's the work. Like what are you willing to what are you willing to do to to change your situation and it's not always going to be easy, but the great thing about um you know our school systems and just you know a lot of things in our community there's people there that have been through it that can that can help you know that can give you some, you know a word of advice that can connect you with somebody that you haven't been connected to so it's just being open to those opportunities before you know they they pass you by.
1: You know, for those for those uh, Twitter fans out there, I think you just dropped a big one there, Lou. When you asked the question, "What are you willing to do to change your situation?" That's profound, brother. That's good stuff.
0: Uh, I'm glad I'm able to be a little bit profound this this morning. So <laughs> 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 it
2: takes you know a while <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah,
0: because it's it, you know, I mean, and and you also have to you know, like you you mentioned being a school counselor, just being a person. Period is, you don't know what everybody's situation is. So to um, to talk about perseverance and resilience and all that, I mean, I understand people start at different you know stages in life and, and people are in different situations. But um, you know, there there is a way if you if you see something in front of you, and I'll use your phrase that you always use, see it and seize it. You know, I think there's um, especially in the area where, where we live, there's there's support and there's, there's opportunity and resources there for that.
1: Excellent. Excellent question for you with the skyrocketing cost of colleges and the pressure that young people are, are feeling, you know, due to this recovering economy that we're in, what would you say to that person or that parent that feels like college is becoming less of an option? What would you say to them?
0: Um, I would ask them to, to maybe do a, a little bit more homework, um, and really, what do they mean by college? Are they talking about a four-year college that, you know, costs twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars a year? Are they talking about community college as a different option? So I think, I think when we when we say college, I think sometimes folks uh, have a certain picture in their head and a certain price tag that there's attached to it. So it's not to say it's, it's not uh, that it's inexpensive because there's always a cost associated with it, but I think right. when we talk about college or talk with parents about college, it's really, well, look at the landscape of what college is. There's It's like a menu. There's different options. There's public, private, two-year, you know, so there's, it just really depends when you look at your, your family situation or your students' academic
1: situation
0: or, you know, if they have other skills and talents that may provide them with some scholarship. What, what really is your situation? I don't think you can just say college is not attainable, um, it's too expensive. I think you just have to look at all the options and decide what's the best for your family and your students.
1: You know, that that's good that you mentioned that when you say what's the best for your family or your student because, and I'm going to ask you about, you know, your role as a school counselor, but I want to preface it by saying, you know, college might not be the path for every person, um, and, and, that, and we have to be realistic about that. Um, some people are going to find their niche more in a trade or military or going to work right after, um, but I think, you know, we need to have a real conversation about it tell me about your experience as a school counselor how has that work prepared you for the work you're doing now on the collegiate level
0: well it was it was first it was the the best preparation you know that i had Uh, i'll I'll go back to your your point real quick about um you know students and and how they choose whether to go to college or to work Uh, I, i think everyone has to have a A real conversation you know with with themselves about what they what they want to do um, at at the time what their resources allow them to do um, Mm -hmm. because college is for a lot of people we know that uh, there are a lot of folks in college Um, and there are some students that going to work is is the option you know for them at, at a certain point in time right um, you know, and so, like you said, I think it's a matter of people being realistic about, well, what is it that I can do and what is, what is it that I want to do? Because um, going to work, getting up every day requires a certain, you know, amount of uh, a discipline, right? And so going yeah. to college, getting up and going to class and studying every day, that requires a certain amount of discipline. So I think everybody has to be real realistic about what is it that you want to do um but i don't think there's any any doubt that you know college prepares you in a lot of different ways um to get to you know whatever occupation that you that, that you want to get to so I, it's it's about choice but um for for me working in a in a school kind of really um allowed me to to understand that you know there's lots of different students, lots of different types of students, parents. It really gave me a broad um, view of, of education and how I could work best. And it, it prepared me in ways that I probably didn't even realize as when I transitioned to Mason in this role. And it's, it's been, it was one of the great trainings that I've had, you know, in my life.
1: Yeah, and you talked about the discipline that a person needs regardless of whether it's in college or beyond. Um, and I think that's important to point out because even if a person says, you know, college is not my track, um, there's still an education and training po- component that, that needs to be there regardless, you know, whether it's military or the world of work or if someone goes and, you know, goes after a trade, there's still going to be some amount of training and education that, that that's going to need to take place. And that same discipline that you just talked about, you know, it translates. And I want to ask you about some of the success stories that you've witnessed in the EIP program. Uh, Tell us about some of the success stories that you've seen, and what are some of the key ingredients that you think helped these students become successful? I'm sure you've run across a a lot of success stories.
0: A lot. Even even as my time as a school counselor, um, you know, now with, with EIP, just some amazing Students who, um, just like you, we said earlier, just they're just hungry. You know, they understand yeah. the opportunity. They understand that um, for for them, their choice is to want to go to college. Um, it's gonna change, possibly change a, a cycle in their family. Um, it's gonna change their lives. Um, but I think the, the, the common ingredients is just the desire to want to go to college. Some people desire to start a business, right? So they right. go after it, and that's what they do. But these students um, that I work with, they all had a desire to go to college, and so um, they worked hard in high school. Um, they they did the things that they were supposed to do as far as their academics and staying engaged in the community and things like that. Um. They centered around you know some good people, some friends that they made, and you know they, they've all transitioned into college. Um, and I can give you a you know a great example. I had a uh, a young lady in, in my office the other day, and um, she was really considering uh, transferring out of out of Mason, but she it's coming to the realization that there's like an accumulation of, of all the things that she's done, you know, and she has a goal in mind. And so, you, you know, when you think about making life choices, transferring, not going to school, it comes back to that focus. It comes back to that desire of what it is that I really want to accomplish, and it keeps you yeah, staying on track. You know, I've had several students who, since their parents didn't go to college, um, their, you know, their path is is very different than their mom and dad, right? So um, there's a different kind of pressure that that goes with that. But they've surrounded themselves with good people. They've stayed focused, um, and then they they get to college and um, they get to Mason, and they really tap into all the the resources that are available. They're actively looking for scholarships. They're involved in student organizations. Um, they they find. Mentors, not just mentors that are older than them, but they find other students who are successful and latch right. on to them, and they help them figure out their path. And so, it's really about um, being flexible and being open to, you know, the, the opportunities that are that are around you, and not being necessarily shy, not shutting people out, figuring, thinking that you have to do it on your own, um, right. really maximizing the. the the resources of people that surround them
1: that's good now I know that the EIP is built upon positive partnerships you know it takes a lot of people um, to help make this program run as effectively as it does Um, do you all stress with the students the importance of forging positive partnerships talk a little bit about that
0: well one of the things that we do all of our first-year students take a University 100 transition course together. So as soon as they come in the door, um, a, a group of them take a class, and so and, and they talk a lot of, about a lot of the things we're we're talking about, you know, the career um, exploration, um, right. really digging into looking at some of their um, working on their their, their social skills you know, working on um, being mature, being an adult, right? You're in college now. You have a certain amount of responsibility on you. So it's really them working on a lot of those those skills together and, and staying together as a group. Um, we have a student lounge um, connected to our office where they yeah. study together. If they're in student orgs, they have meetings together. Um, they're close to our staff, so we're available to, you know, to meet with students who have, um, different situations or concerns, or just want to have a kind of a, a central place to um, to call home, I guess. Um, so it's it's really about uh, kind of creating that that community. And you know, since we've had these students since the eighth grade, um, it's it's more like a, a family. You know, we kind of look out for each other. And you know, of course, I have a vested interest in them. I want to see them graduate from college. That's why, right? You know, that's why they're there. Um, so it, it is really, it's not necessary that we um, teach and preach, you know, um, stay together. It's that they've, they've grown into being dependent on each other in a lot of ways and, and look out for each other and, and help each other because um, they see the, the mutual success um, in, their, in their classmates, which a lot of times are close friends. And so you want to see your buddy graduate with you, right? You want to see them do well in a class. Yeah um if you've formed a relationship with another student that you've known since the 8th grade a lot of them have joined student organizations together they're leaders on campus um and so it's it's a it's a continual thing that we build start building with them in the 8th grade and so when they turn up as you know high school seniors transi- transitioning into college they're ready to go and they um they understand that um there's a lot of uh, opportunity for them, and they've got the skills, you know, to to be leaders on campus, to be scholars, and to make sure that they they reach their their long term goal.
1: And you know, Lewis, I'm I'm glad you talk about that that sense of community and that partnership. You know, some people, you know, I think might be more destined to be lone rangers. But, you know, when you know that somebody's pulling for you and when you know you have mentors that are there for you and when you build that sense of community, you know, I, I think it students know that, you know, you're not alone in this journey. You know, you run across people that feel like, you know, I'm out here doing my best, but I don't have that encourager, that person that's in my ear motivating me. So when I hear you talk about, you know, you know, meeting people where they are and how students might come in at, at at a different place in life, and and that's so key because we run into people in all walks of life, but we have no idea maybe what they had to face at home before they walked exactly. through those school doors. You know, so when you talk about that sense of accountability and letting students know that you know we there's a family here, and I've seen that personally. That EIP family is it, it's real, and uh, I know Michael Ford, my producer, has been
2: listening in, and he wants to jump in as well. Okay. Well, first, Lewis, I just want to say, you know, kudos to you, man, for, you know, you know embracing this type of program and making sure that wherever you go, you, you are a part of it. Um, you know, one of the things you guys said is, and Mike just said it recently as well, is, um, you know, there, there has to be a hope. When a young person has yeah. a hope for something different, when they're told over and over and over again that college is not for you, when they can hope for something, then you can't take hope away from them. And that's why this is so important. People have to know that there are options out there, that they haven't hit the end of the road. And and that's why I think that this is so important. It's so important that we have a program like this also that lets people know, and especially young folks, because this is where they are on the Internet, um, that there are options out there. And the word is not being spread enough. I mean, you can ask the average person if they know about a program such as this, and, and they may not know. And, and that's, that's a shame that that's out there. But, you know, all I can say is, you know, just thank you for being out there for these young people and focusing on something that really, really needs to be addressed.
0: Well, you're well, I mean, again, thank you for having me on. And um, I, I agree with, with a lot of what, what you said. I mean, there's um, so many community organizations and programs, you know, like EIP um, that, that students can get, attached to it, it's it's just a, like you said it's a matter of knowing what's available um and we, we do live in a time where where resources are are scarce um but i think programs like this um whether they're here or in texas or in california or whatever are important um because that that hope factor i don't know how you measure it um but it's, a, it's an important factor, and I can tell you, I, I remember a couple of years ago, there was a young lady who was in our student center. She was an eighth grader in our program at the time, and I tell this story over and over again, so, um, and she was just standing in the middle of the student center, and she was looking around, and she looked like she was lost, so I asked her, you know, asked her if she was okay, you know, what, what did she need some direction on where to go, and she just said, she said, no, I'm here. And I said, what do you mean by you're here? She's like, I'm in college. You know, it's something she had thought about, um, something she probably, you know, had envisioned in her head, but at that moment it really struck her. She was on a college campus. Mm. And so my assumption wow. would be as an eighth grader, you know, that was the moment where she, was, she had made it, she was there, and she's going to, you know, um, be on a college campus in a couple of years, you know, as a student. So it's those type of things that you really can't measure, Right. Um, but they're they're important, and I've I've got you know tons of examples of, of students who had never set foot on a college campus who um, we have on campus regularly, and it, it makes a difference. You know, it changes their um, changes their perspective. You know, and they're they may be different than other students in their class who haven't had that opportunity, um, and it makes a difference. So I would just encourage if there's a family or a student who you know, is dreaming about going to college. You don't have to wait till you're actually um, of age to go to college. Go visit. Um, if your parents can drive you, if you have a mentor that can drive you, um, we've got enough here in Northern Virginia, we've got enough college campuses that are close where, you know, it's a short trip. Just walk around. See what it's like.
1: Yeah, that's good. I, You know, you talk about hanging around the environment that you want to be a part of. That <laughs> That's important. I tell people, you know, if you want to be a doctor, hang around them. You know, get around them. See how doctors talk, how they think. Submerge yourself in those type of environments. That's, that's some great advice. Let's shift gears a little bit, Lewis. Um, how would you characterize your leadership style? I know you have to interact with a lot of different uh, individuals. How would you characterize your leadership style, and what would you say to those individuals who aspire to be effective leaders?
0: I would. My leadership style is, is still evolving, Mike. You know, and you know how that is. I'm um, learning first, and it, growing. It shout out to all
1: the EIP folks that are listening, right? All the people that help make it make it happen, right?
0: Oh yes, sir. I have a, I have a wonderful staff. Um, they work hard. Um, we are all on one accord, you know, which is, you know, makes my day to day a lot easier. Um, yeah. But this the, being in a leadership position takes. Um, um, being being open to learning and growing every day. I literally, I have to kind of sit back and, and check myself every day, um, t- just to make sure I'm, I'm being effective. Because um, yeah. no day is the same, right? And so, um, you have to, you know, I guess take pause and, and do that sometimes. Um, but I, when I started this job, I really hadn't been in, in, a, in, a, in a leadership role in, in this way. Um, so it was, a, it was a challenge for me to adjust, um, but I told um, one of my colleagues, and I give a shout-out to Kasim Davis, um, I told him the other day, having people that you um, know and trust um, in place, which I was fortunate to have, really helped me transition well. And a lot of the initiatives we wanted to push forward were we're able to happen because of that, you know. So, you know, as as young people or just folks in general who are um, in leadership positions or growing to be in leadership positions, make that move, it's really about being open to to learning, asking questions. I asked a lot of questions of people who I knew who were principals or former principals or um, you know, deans, you know, in, in different, you know, positions. I asked a lot of questions. I, I read, you know, a couple of books that gave me some tips. You know, all mm. that is great, but you have to live it, right? You have to immerse yourself in it. You have to take the wins and the losses um, and get back up the next day and just try to make the best decisions for um, your organization and the people that you work work for.
1: That's good. That's good. What are some of the hidden or unknown aspects of college life that um, people might not be privy to. You're, you know, let's talk a little bit inside baseball, I guess. You, you're you on the college atmosphere, in that atmosphere daily. What would you say to that person who, you know, wants to know more about college life? What are some, some things that you could take us in, into to show us some of the inside scoop there?
0: Um inside scoop. I would definitely, Mike, I would definitely say it is a it has the potential to be a a wonderful community of people that um, you can get involved with. And when colleges sort of advertise, it's you know, the colors of the school, the academic programs, Um, but I think there's a a kind of a personal social development piece um, that, that is really important. That's Whatever college, university, a student picks, that's their home. Um, so you want to mm-hmm. know uh, what what your home is going to consist of. Does it have the right pictures? Does it have the right furniture? You know, and so and that's what I see at Mason. Um, my department is called University Life, so we're everything from EIP to health services to diversity programs. Um, so it's a, it's a very large um, unit and. I think when you talk about the the hidden um, benefits of college, it's it's being involved um, Mm. in student leadership. It's maybe getting a job where you can learn a lot of those professional skills that are going to be beneficial for you when you graduate. Um, There are so many groups, um, you know, Muslim Student Association, African Student Association, African American Student Association. I mean, there's so many organizations that, that can fit whatever you want. If you don't find what you want, get five or six of your friends together and start an organization. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to do a service, if you want to be of service to other people, uh, our colleagues, uh, some of my coworkers, we were talking about alternative spring break, you know, going on spring break and doing a service project, studying abroad. I mean there's so many things um, that your tuition can help you you know, you pay tuition to go to college and these are the things that are available to you. You know. Um, living on campus, being a part of that community, so um it's, it's so it's so much Mike. I I just think college is a is a wonderful opportunity. I think it's it 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 changed me, it changed my life, you know. Um I I would have been okay, um probably without it, um, but I'm better for it. And I think mm. um other folks might agree the same way. They're, they're better for having that experience um, and really taking advantage. It, it's benefited me. I'm 41, and, you know, my college days still resonate with me very loudly.
1: Yeah. Now, Lewis, I know GMU, George Mason University, has a large footprint in the Northern Virginia area and far beyond this area. Um Brag a little bit on your university. What are some of the incredible and cutting-edge things that GMU uh, has is now taking part of?
0: Well, we've got a we've got a dynamic um, new president, Dr. Cabrera. Um, we've got just a the largest population, student population, over 33,000 students. So when you talk about a community, I told one of my students the other day. Uh, she was having some problems connecting on campus, and I said, "Look, you've got 33,000 other people to connect with. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's it, it, the opportunity is there. Um, you know, just the location, um, you know, of where it is in in Fairfax. Uh, Mason is moving to open a campus in in Korea, so um, wow. you know, so students have the opportunity to to study abroad in in that sense." you know um and just having a lot of the um the academic um colleges and, and opportunities that that students are looking for is is right there at Mason and you know people always say Mason is up and coming I, you know we've got a great reputation i think we're i think we're there um it's a, i think it's a great place for students if they want to learn and grow um you know not just earn a degree but um have the opportunity to to be a successful professional and have a network of people across the country and across the world that, you know, have also received degrees, you know, from Mason as well. So, um, you know, as students are looking for schools, um, I think Mason is one that they should definitely put on, on their list.
1: Yeah. What are some of the future aspirations that you have for the EIP program what things are on the horizon, and what do you hope to see come to pass?
0: Well, one of the things that I, that I continually say, and you've heard me say this, is that we've got close to 600 students in the pipeline, and so that's the future, right? Uh, yeah. We've got to sustain the program so that when we talk about hope and promise, we've, we've made a promise to these students that they will get through our program and have an opportunity at the end. Um, and so that 's what I stay focused on. Um, we have the charge you know for our staff and in our program that you know we always look at our students different because of their participation in our program so at the end of the day um is a student you know a better scholar um, did they mm-hmm. change their change their attitude a bit do they you know do they feel differently about Mason? You know, do they feel differently about their opportunities to go to college? How how are they different? So those are the things I continually um, focus on. It's just sustaining the program, um, sustaining the resources and the partnerships in the program, so that when the next group um, comes up to bat, that um, they're successful and they and we lived up to our end. So. You know, and, and that's the other thing, you know, that and I wanted to share as well. I mean, we, we talk about students and making sure they go to school and participate and use all their resources, you know, but as professionals and as adults, we have to make sure that we live up to our end um, and that we, we act responsibly. Um, you don't want to not have a product or, or not have a resource available to a student when you said that's something that you were going to do, you know, so we have a professional responsibility to make sure that these things happen as well.
2: Hey, Lewis, and, um, you know, something I I would just want you to address, um, there are students out there that are still on the fence, you know, they're trying to break away from, you know, the negative influences around them in their family and in their friends, and, you know, they know that they could probably try to do something more, but they're just, they don't have anyone out there pushing them, and um, I want you to speak to them and then speak to those people who don't understand by their negative talk how much they could hurt the potential of a student that, that has a chance.
0: Well, I think, I think that's the easy, the easy thing is to quit, right, to say, well, I'm, my mom and dad didn't go to college, so I'm not going. My boys, they're not thinking about it, so I'm not doing it. The, that's the easy way to go. The hard part is to kind of distinguish yourself and say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this thing happen. Whether it's, I'm gonna get a job and I'm gonna get up and go to work every day instead of hanging out, or I'm gonna handle my schoolwork and not do certain things so that I can have, a, even have a chance to go to college. So for those. You know, young men and women that are on the fence, you know, it's really about that choice. It's really about what is it that you really want to do. Um, Your mom, dad, grandma, uncle, they can't make you do that. You know, you have to decide what it is that you really want, um, what you really want to do. And so it's hard sometimes because we, we live in a real kind of fast, you know, we talk about Facebook and, and Instagram and Twitter and everything. And so everything is everything is fast. Everything, information is fast. You get what you want right away. But sometimes it, it, it takes a little time to make things happen. Um, but it's, it's an individual choice. And, you know, I didn't make those choices probably early on when I should have. You know, and so I always try to have students understand that it's, you know, it's important to decide. You don't have to decide exactly what career you're going to be in, but you have to make you have to make some choice to do something. You can't lagger too long, or opportunities will will just kind of go by the wayside. You know. Yeah. and
2: Michael. Go, yeah. go ahead. No, i was just going to say, if you wait too long, I mean, if you don't make a decision. Someone else is going to make a decision for you, even if it's just time. Yeah.
0: Right, and it it's. It's always about time. And I always tell, even my college students, I tell them, look, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm here as a resource for you. I'm here to help you. But I'm not, you're an adult. I'm not going to chase you. You know, if you, if you need the help, I'm here. And so if a scholarship comes on my desk, the one, the students that I see, the students that I stay connected with, they're more likely for that opportunity. If I don't see you and you don't make yourself known to me, how am I going to know what you need? And, that's, and, Mike, you know, well, as a school counselor, that's the same thing we tell our students. Make yourself known. Make yourself, you don't have to tell your whole life story to somebody. Right. But, it, but if you tell Mr. Force or Mr. Brown, look, I want to I wanna design cars. I want to, you know, design computers. When that scholarship about computers or that internship about computers comes across my desk,
1: that's the first
2: person I'm going to think of,
1: you know. Yeah, so it's, it's hard just to write about a good one. recommendation. Yeah, it's hard to write a good recommendation about a person that you don't really know, you know. Right. And, and it's right. interesting, Michael Fordham mentioned a little while ago um, about words and the importance of words, especially, you know, as we speak to young people. Um, and, Lewis, you might can attest to this, you know, being a school counselor, you might be in conversations with a young person that maybe you'll say something to them and, Five years down the road, you might not remember it, but when they see you, that'll be the first thing that comes out of their mouth. Either they'll identify right. you as that encourager, that person who you know said you can go to college or your college material, or you might run into people you know that you tell them that you're a school counselor or you've been a school counselor, and instantly they might tell you about a negative story of something that they're negative that they're. School counselor told them whether it was you know, hey, you might not want to look at college. You might just want to go ahead to work, or you know, or you know. So, so when Michael Fordham talked about the importance of words, you know, as a parent, as parents, as educators, as adults. Period. I think it's so important that we be mindful of what we speak into our young people. Talk about that.
0: It, it's, it's very important. Like it's. Um you, you don't know how they can injure you, and you you don't know how they can help, right? And so you always have to be mindful of of, of what you're saying. Um, is whether we like it or not, or realize it or not, our students hang on our words a lot of time, yeah. and you know, they'll they can um, repeat them back to you verbatim. Remember, remember when you said this? You know, so you always right. have to be, <laughs> you know, you always have to be mindful of of what you say and um, you know we hear stories all the time I mean I think um, professional school counselors that is one of the most honorable professions that I know Um, and you know students count on us for our words right they come to us to help them navigate through lots of different situations so whether it's a a school counselor or somebody in the in your neighborhood or whatever it doesn't do any good to tell a student they what they can't do they right. may not have a, the skill set to do something but you have to give them an alternative yeah you know there's something they can do right
1: yeah no that, i think that's important you know high expectations, but, you know, realistic expectations and have that conversation where, you know, um, to help empower students to make their own decisions. Um, but I think that's uh, that's very admirable, the work that you're doing. Let me ask you this. Um, many of our young people are struggling trying to find their place, whether it's, you know, personally, socially, or career-wise. Um, now, you've had the opportunity to work with hundreds if not thousands of young people throughout this region, what would you say is some encouraging words that you would want to share to that young person who's, you know, maybe been in that place that you talked about earlier, still trying to find their way, still struggling? Um, and this doesn't have to be contained to, you know, just college, but just in life in general. What would you share with them, Louis? Um,
0: They still have time. Um, you got to get with somebody that, you have to be careful who you share your, your hopes and dreams and frustrations with, first of all. So you've got to find somebody that you trust that you can do that. Because you can't do it on your own, and there's somebody that can, that can relate and somebody that can um, assist you with whatever it is that you need. So... Mm-hmm. It's that's just for me. That's just a really important piece. Is and but it's hard. You know, sometimes it's hard for people to trust. You know, if you, if you come from a a situation where there's not a lot of trust, you know, it's hard to trust a stranger. Is you know, somebody says well, I'm here to help you. It's like, well, I don't know you. You know, I, how can I trust you? So it, it takes it takes time. Um, you know, but you have to. You have to make that effort, you know um, and it's funny with 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 social media, you know whether people like you or whether people retweet you um so now that's the marker of how um, how your relationships are built, you know, mm-hmm. and I think to an extent that gives a kind of a false sense of what's what's real and and what's not, you know, and so you really have to look beyond a lot of that and for for folks to realize that um you know there's people like me there's people like you mr. Fordham you know there's lots of different people who have gone through stuff um who are at a certain place and we may not be able to solve everything right um but we can provide some guidance and some uh some leadership around certain things um to be of assistance and you know when we talk about young
1: people no, let's keep going.
0: Well, and, and I was just going to add, if, so in, in school, if a student in school, if any student's listening and you're not connected with somebody, there's got to be somebody in your school. There's got to be an adult that you can connect with if there's something you need. You have questions about taking a class or you want to, you know, you want to be on the soccer team or you, you want to be a trainer. You know, there's got to be somebody that that can help you with that. Um, and so just to be open to to take a chance, because um, you never know. Um, and my buddy told me this yet the other day, you you don't ever know when you're in the presence of angels. So you never know wow. who you're surrounded with. But you have to be open to that opportunity, because it, it may lead to something that you just don't know about.
1: No, and that's good. And we talk about, uh, you know, and pouring into young people, but you touched on something that's critical. Find a mentor. You know, find somebody that can help you navigate. That's important, I think, for adults. You know, I think it's important to mentor somebody and also be mentored by somebody. And you talk about the struggle. The struggle that we've focused on in regards to young people, in many ways, you know, as, as we reach into adulthood, it doesn't mean that the struggles slow down. Uh, talk a little bit about how you find balance. I know you're a family man, and you, you have a lot on your plate at work. How do you find balance, and um, how does spirituality, you talked about you know, the importance of angels being around us. How has spirituality helped you find that balance?
0: Well, I mean, I do, I do have mentors. Um, you know, I have uh, colleagues that I talk to regularly, You know, we share information. Um, We talk about different scenarios. We talk about our our futures, you know. So um, it's important to have those type people, you know, around you. Um, Some I've known for a long time. Some, you know, are kind of new in in my life. But um, you kind of know who's good for you and who's not, you know. So it's important to, to do that. I continually check in on, you know, students that, um, I stay connected with even if I haven't seen them in months or years. You know, I still check on them just to make sure that you know they're doing well. Um, you know, and, and they all folks always come back around. You know, come back around to say hello or need a piece of advice. I get a lot of requests for recommendations. You know, um, because we built the relationship throughout the years. You know, so it's those type of things. But I really try to find the balance. Um, uh, one of my friends taught me a long time ago at a certain point you have to switch gears from being at work to being at home mm-hmm. and uh you know you you have to you have to have that balance and i try to maintain that you know as as much as i can um and then i'll also try to make sure that i and um Make sure that my my faith is in order, you know that I yeah. do the right things, say the right things, um show up when I'm supposed to, and you know do your, do your best every day it's not It's not easy it's not easy um being a father, being a husband, you know and, and trying to stay centered, you know all that stuff takes work, just like when we talked about leadership, you know earlier, it takes work it's a it's a daily um so it's a daily process you know that uh that me or anybody else has to be on top of
1: yeah hey michael fordham how do you i, I want to get your take on that i i certainly uh, take away from what lewis just said but what would you
2: speak to as far as that helping our listeners find balance what helps you Well, um, One of the things he said is his discipline, and he sort of talked about his goals, and that's real important. When you have goals, certain things have to line up in your life in order to attain those Mm -hmm. goals. You find your own discipline within a process of achievement. And um, I I think that's just really important. So when we give that to young people, we don't have to worry about some of the other things that we would have to check them on and and get them in line on. If they are genuine about the goals and if you can encourage them in the goals that they hope to seek, then a lot of other things will fall in line and you'll be surprised. And, And this is what we have to put in our young people. We have to find ways to have a positive impact on their lives and help them to see that once they get going in the right direction, there will always be someone else there to help push them a little further along the way, even if they don't know what the next step is.
0: Right. And, and I, I think that's important for adults too, right? Is to
2: yeah have that
0: consistency. Um, do what you say you're going to do, right? Um, you promise a, a young person something that you're going to be somewhere or provide something, and you do it um, and so and that's that requires a certain amount of discipline because we sometimes we we work for so long our tank gets a little empty mm-hmm. uh, so you have to find ways to to refill it so you your energy they the students feed off your energy your your colleagues feed off of your energy um mm-hmm. so you you know you have to make sure that you find ways to, to re-energize and recharge um, because folks are looking at you, and they, they, you know, they, they might need that smile from you in the morning or that hello. It's mm-hmm. you know, so those small things that, that might make a difference.
1: Awesome, awesome. Lewis, how can people get in touch with you and support the program and uh, give us some parting comments?
0: Um, we're at eip.gmu.edu. Well, you can follow us on Twitter at Mason EIP. Um, we're also on Facebook, uh, Early Identification Program. Um, so all of those areas, you can, can look us up. Um, if there are any 7th uh, grade students who are thinking about going to college, uh, parents, go to our website and see what participating school districts we're in, and we'll be starting our, our nomination process here in the next couple months. So I I really appreciate you all all having me on today. Thank you so much.
1: Man, thanks for being on. You were excellent. And, um, hey, don't get weary and well-doing, brother. Keep on grinding and uh, keep on making a positive impact.
0: Thank you. You too as well.
1: All right. God bless. No matter what station of life you find yourself, it's not too late to begin again. What about that dream or that vision that you may have planted a while ago? Pull it off the shelf, dust it off, and go after it with laser focus. It's your time, it's your season, and ask yourself the question: Why not me? Yeah, why not me? Until the next time, remember to love God, love people, and live on purpose. God bless. Come on. Forget what you heard. This conversation you deserve. It's As we proceed, we give you what you need with MTV. Come on, get me.